Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Good morning, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Morano. You are listening to 77 WABC. Thank you for listening. Do you know what happened last week? There was a story, a relatively significant story here in New York, which has so far flown under the radar screen. And I'm hoping it doesn't fly under the radar screen so much that nobody pays any attention to it. And a sweeping change is made in New York that a lot of us may be unhappy with. Well, last week, a state legislative bill was introduced in the state assembly, A10728. In short, what this bill would do is this would rename Columbus Day Indigenous Peoples Day. The purpose or general idea of the bill, as the sponsors describe it, is to replace Columbus Day with Indigenous Peoples Day. And I've talked about this before, mostly on Columbus Day itself. I think this would be a tremendous slap in the face, not only to people that are of Italian descent, but people that celebrate and want to recognize Columbus's contributions to the Western Hemisphere. Additionally, I know a lot of American Indians and descendants of indigenous peoples may not exactly view it this way. I think it's a slap in the face to indigenous people as well. Why shouldn't the indigenous people have a day? They certainly should. I don't think you would want your holiday to be snatched from someone else. Why not make a holiday your own? Let's have a separate holiday just to celebrate the contributions of of indigenous peoples. Why would you want to exacerbate tensions among certain communities by taking away a holiday that a lot of us take pretty seriously? Now, I'm not going to sit here and say that Christopher Columbus was a saint. He certainly was not. He was very controversial even in his own time, let alone 500 years later, what that means through the prism of hindsight. Uh, There's a lot of things Columbus did wrong, a lot of things both by today's standards and the standards of the 1490s, which were un conscionable. That being said, how many people can you say have actually lived and changed the world? Christopher Columbus is one. Before Christopher Columbus, there were no tomatoes in Italy. There was no chocolate in Switzerland. There were no horses in North America. There were no potatoes in Ireland. One man, largely, And his vision, as wrongly conceived as it may have been, and his skill as an explorer, a navigator, a warrior, and yes, a governor, made all that possible. So I think we should look at Columbus Day as an opportunity to learn about Columbus and his contributions to the world. I don't think the solution is erasing Christopher Columbus. I hope people know about this legislation. And when your state legislator comes asking for your vote in New York this year, tell them you'd like to keep Columbus Day pretty much where it is. Beam me up. To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 WBC. Local Spotlight. Good morning. 
everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Morano. I am a great student of Italian politics and Israeli politics and a lot of international politics. I am an expert in none of it. I, I don't pretend to be an expert in Italian politics. I'm da- I have a difficult enough time wrapping my head around American politics, so I'll stick with this country. But I am interested in learning as much as I can about what goes on in Italy. And you probably have heard by now that on Sunday in Italy's elections, Georgia Maloney appeared to have formed a coalition to take the majority in Italy's parliament. The coalition is considered sort of a nationalist populist group of center-right parties. It's Berlusconi's old party, it's the League, which is led by Matteo Salvini, and it's uh, Georgia Maloney's party. The thing that was interesting to me about this is about 64% of eligible Italian voters participated in the election. And what's interesting to me about it is 64% is an unusually low voter turnout rate in Italy. Think about that. 64% turned out, and that was low. You want to know what the voter turnout in New York City in 2021 was? And This is an open race for mayor, no incumbent. Every city council seat up for grabs. The borough president's all up for grabs, the controller. The voter turnout in New York City was 21% of the vote. Now, there are a variety of factors as to why this is the case, but why was it the case? In Italy, look at why their voter turnout is so high, and in New York City, look at why our voter turnout is so low. Italy's got a lot of problems with its election system. That's why a lot of the governments don't tend to last. But what they do have is proportional representation, meaning if you go and vote for a party, even if that party's not likely to finish first or form a majority government, you're still going to get some seats. In New York City, you know that in 80 to 90 percent of the city and in the city as a whole, if you're not voting for the dominant party in that district, your vote pretty much doesn't count. Doesn't matter if you go out and vote because in most districts, the Democrats going to win anyway. And in a couple of districts, the Republicans going to win anyway. So what difference does voting make? Doesn't matter if you vote for the mayor because the Democrats going to win anyway. Doesn't matter if you vote for a controller, a public advocate, the Democrats going to win anyway. In New York City, when we had proportional representation, the same kind of system that they have in Italy, the same kind of system that they have in Israel, and I realize there's a lot of flaws with the governments in both of those countries, we had proportional representation in New York City for 12 years. And you know what? Voter turnout was a whole lot higher than it is today. And I wish we would look at going back to proportional representation in New York City. It's just a thought. Beam me up! To be continued. The other side of midnight. Local spotlight. Yesterday, my wife turned to me and said, We need to look at solar panels. I said, Why? She said, Because we can no longer afford these $300 a month energy bills. We have to figure something else out. And it turns out our household is not the only one that is dealing with a spike in energy costs of all types. More than 50 state lawmakers in New York are demanding a public hearing on future Con Ed price hikes. Energy costs are going up all over the state. And as we're heading into winter, People are really going to feel the heat on this. It's only going to get worse. It's bad and getting worse. 
And I think this is as important a time as any to renew my call for citizen utility boards. Now, I don't want to pretend this is an idea that I came up with. It was not. It was an idea that uh, was spearheaded by one of my heroes, Ralph Nader. And it's it, they use it in Illinois. They use it in San Diego. They use it in Oregon. They use it in a bunch of other states and municipalities around the country. And what it is, it's a non-governmental nonprofit group that advocates on behalf of the ratepayers. It stands up to the rate pay, to the utilities when the utilities try to raise rates. It testifies at public hearings, it does research, it issues reports. No governmental control whatsoever, no tax money whatsoever. The way it works, at least the way it's worked when it's been most successful, is people that when they get their energy bill, they get an offer to join this Citizens Utility Board and pay $5 a month, $10 a month, $15 a month, and they elect their own officers, and these people act as a voice for the ratepayers. To his credit, Governor Mario Cuomo, a governor that I was quite critical of, tried to do this before he left office. It didn't end up working out, and I would love to see this idea brought back in New York State. Citizens Utility Boards, it's worked great around the rest of the country where it's been used. We've seen people experience real energy savings because of the work of these Citizen Utility Boards. And it could be a model for standing up to bureaucracies in other aspects of government and other aspects of uh, the economy where people often feel powerless. So these 50 lawmakers, they're asking for public hearings. Okay, that's great. But more so than public hearings, I'd love to see these 50 lawmakers lead the way for calling for citizens' utility boards. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. One more hour to go. Don't even think of touching that radio dial. A special announcement and alert for our listeners on Long Island. You might remember about a month ago, Frank McKay, the president of WABC's Long Island division, hosted a meet and greet featuring me where I was there. Well, they're going to do it again only this Friday night from 6 to 9 p.m. It's going to be a lot bigger and a lot better because there's a big networking event and the special guest is going to be, yes, you guessed it, none other than my colleague, Curtis Lewa. So if you want to come out and meet Curtis and Frank McKay, come to a free event this Friday out on Long Island. It's going to be from 6 to 9 p.m p.m. at the other room, 511 Comac Road in Deer Park. You can just show up and it's free. There's a free buffet. There's, I think, a cash bar, although last time we were there, they did give out some free bottles of Prosecco to everybody that came as well. It's a great event. Uh, I met a ton of interesting people. Got to meet a lot of our Long Island listeners and just a lot of uh, really tremendous folks from all walks of life. Politicians, business people, neighborhood people, activists, all sorts of interesting people. So if you're out on Suffolk County or Long Island in general, it's going to be a lot of fun. This Friday night from 6 to 9 p.m., see my colleague Curtis Lewa 
at the other room in Deer Park, 511 Comac Road. It's free, 6 to 9 p.m. It's a great opportunity to network, especially if you've got a business or you're looking to meet somebody. Great opportunity to meet some people. There were some very pretty ladies there the last time I was there as well. I can't make it this Friday, unfortunately, because my wife and I have some uh, theater tickets, but I would be there. And I'm hoping to be at the next one. I think the ne- the guest next month may be Sid Rosenberg at a special event for his book. I'm not sure. That's unconfirmed thus far. But uh, if you can make it, I would definitely encourage you to be there. Additionally, I am going to be participating in the National Psoriasis Foundation Walk on Sunday, October 16th. If you want to make a contribution or if you want to join my team and walk with us, it's going to be at the Bronx Zoo Sunday, October 16th. I've just posted a link on my Facebook page and you could sign up to walk with us or to make a donation. It's a lot of fun and uh, we may go out for dinner afterwards this year depending on how fatigued I am and how much work I have to do for the show. I've actually heard from all three of my siblings that they will all be participating as well. So uh, it's, it's rare to get all four of the Murano siblings in one place together. So if you want to participate with us or if you want to make a donation, just go to my Facebook page, facebook.com slash fan. That's facebook.com slash M-O-R-A-N-O fan. Look forward to seeing a lot of you there. Beam me up! To be continued.